Hello everybody, welcome to the 22nd, yep, count it, 22nd episode of Collegeville Conversation. I'm your host, Jason Phelan. Today we'll be switching it up today and we'll be, t- we'll be discussing hockey. Meanwhile, I got two close friends of mine to do it with me. Please welcome Perry Carpenter and Joe Gaynor. How you doing, guys? Good, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Alright, so to kick things off, Perry, let's talk Flyers. What did you want to start with? Do you want to start with the 2010 uh, Stanley Cup Finals run that should have been? I would love to. Um, if you think about that team, you know, just the players they had, you know, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, uh, a young Claude Giroux, Chris Pronger, Kimo Timonen, Scott Hartnell, you know, some of those guys. It, and to think that in years prior they could have had Patrick Kane instead of James Van Riemsdyk. Mm-hmm. If you add Patrick Kane to that mix, I just don't think that that team is getting stopped. You know what I mean? I think that they could go all the way. Right. I I believe so too. And I remember you, you told me um, that even though the Flyers had the worst record in the league yeah. before that draft, and yet they still got shafted out of drafting Patrick Kane. Yeah. And that affected them in the long run. Yeah, because instead of, you know, Patrick Kane, the what's it, probably at least three-time Stanley Cup winner and multiple-time All-Star, mm-hmm. they got James Van Riemsdyk, who is solid, but, you know, he's no Patrick Kane. Right. You know? He's no, like, all NHL All-Star. Mm, um, not even close to what Kane was. Has Patrick, has Patrick Kane won an MVP before? That I'm not too sure of, but I know that he's been in the contention probably a few times. Right, he's... One, um, multiple times he's been in contention, um, but you know such a, that that is such as life in the way of Philly sports. We're always duped out of the best players. It really is like if you think about it, some of the guys that the Flyers could have drafted but ended up picking other people. You know, you got uh, Alex DeBrinket, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, Roman Yossi, who's one of the best defensemen in the league, who's one of few. Uh, Norris trophies, you know, um, instead of picking Yossi, you know, the Flyers took Lucas Spisa, who I really don't know what he's done or where he is anymore. Um, you know, you got Mark Stone, who's captain of the Vegas Golden Knights right now, who's a very, very good player and Flyers passed him up as well as PK Subban. You know, there's just a lot of picks that the Flyers kind of overlooked some other players that have turned into NHL stars. Also a lot of busts too, like example, oh, Nolan Patrick. Yeah, Nolan Patrick, you know, he he had maybe one or two good years with the Flyers, but he also sat out like a full year, like a full season because of some injury. And in that draft, the Flyers could have taken Kale McCarr, who is one of the best defensemen, or if not the best defenseman for the uh, – the Colorado Avalanche right now and is one of the most promising defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. So just looking at some of the draft choices that the Flyers have had that have set them back, um, it's it's tough to look at as a Flyers fan. Right, right. We're going we're gonna to defer away from the Flyers right now. Joe, let's talk Islanders oh, right now. Oh, Islanders hockey. Oh. What, what, do you, what do you got to say about the current state of the New York Islanders right now? New York Islanders. Whew. Right now, I mean, we're not the greatest. I mean, at time, at this time, it's 
January 14th. We're bottom of the net. But then again, we do have eight games in hand mm-hmm. to the New Jersey Devils because obviously COVID's still an issue in the world right now. Um, the Islanders have had their fair share of COVID outbreaks between our best players like Matt Burzell, Andrews Lee, and even our character Barry Trotz, he's out right now with COVID. We've been dealing with that all season. We haven't been winning games. We went on an 11-game losing streak. To be fair, we did score points right. and o- OT losses. But it's still frustrating as an Islander fan coming off basically almost making the cup finals, just losing to Tampa one nothing in Game 7 of these conference finals. I mean, we're a shorthanded goal away from making the cup final. And I'm wholeheartedly convinced we could have beaten Montreal. Honestly. And the, the Islanders, much like the Flyers, they are long overdue for another cup. Last time the Islanders won was the 80s. Last time the Flyers won was the 70s. It's just two franchises that are kind of stuck, in a way. We're stuck. Yeah, I'd say we're stuck. I mean, what doesn't help the Islanders is obviously we're New York. Uh, we have the Rangers and we have the Devils to compete with. We're not exactly the biggest market of teams. Despite us being in New York, mm-hmm. most of our fam- fan base is from Long Island. Personally, I'm from Long Island as well. And you'd be hard-pressed not to find a Long Islander as an Islander fan. Most of us are. You get the small minority that are Ranger fans. But Islanders, I mean, you look at our current roster right now. To the casual hockey fan, the only name that will stand out is Matt Barzell. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, to me, I look at our roster, I say... Marcel, I see Beauvillier, I see Lee, and I see J.G. Pajot. Those are our four main players, in my opinion, right now. None of them are big names in the National Hockey League, and we can't attract the big names. The biggest name we've had in recent history is Tavares. We lost him to right. Toronto when he, I mean, that's still a touchy subject as an Iron fan, but when he left us for Toronto, which, personally, I do think is for the better right now. Better because the Islanders are not... Doing as well, and you'd probably be wasting his talent. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. I think we became a better team with Ap Tavares. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, obviously it's a big loss losing John Tavares. He was undoubtedly the best player in New York Islanders when he was with us. He right. was a captain, Absolutely. he was a leader, top goal scorer, top point. Had the most points on the team. But in a way, I think it's giving other players such as Barzal, Lee, Beauvillier, the players that fly under the radar in the NHL, for us as Iron fans, we've embraced them, and they've been allowed to shine because Barzell and Bolson Beauvillier are on that identity line. And it's just, I feel something special with them. People outside of New York and Long Island might not see that. Okay, yeah, that, that's interesting. Interesting. Um, so back to uh, Flyers talk um, about how they are right now. Perry. What do you think? They've got a long ways to go to uh, get back to what they once were. They're very inconsistent as a team. Um, You know, I've been to a few games this year, and in each game, you know, like both games that I've been to this year, they're either scoring six goals or they're getting scored six goals on. You know, there's there's no real consistency with the team. There's... Their, their forecheck is very um, weak, I'd say. You know, it, it seems some games they just don't seem to have that energy to, to win. Um, I don't understand why, uh, but it's been like that for a few years. You know, um, 
the, 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 I mean, some of their key guys just haven't been performing uh, the last, you know, they've got a good, that sometimes they have a good year, sometimes they're just off. And you never really know what kind of game you're going to get from those key guys. You know, like Provorov, who could be the best defenseman on the Flyers, just isn't exactly performing the way that he can. Um, if we can get solid performances out of him each game, or at least more consistency, then I think they'll be a lot better off because he's one of those guys that can definitely lead the defense um, for the Flyers and kind of keep... If he can play the way that he can, like mm-hmm. to his full potential, then I think the Flyers will be a lot better off because we'll have that number one guy to depend on, you know? Exactly. And with this year, we picked up Ryan Ellis from um, Nashville, but he's been injured a lot of almost all year. I think he played, he's only played like four games. And he's a great defenseman. He plays a very hard physical game, but the problem with that is he gets injured. And if he can stay healthy, then he's another one of those veteran guys that can help lead the young core that the Flyers have on defense. And that can help us win a lot of games. But then also going to the, the uh, offense, you know, some of those key guys aren't exactly performing either. But with uh, Couturier and some of those other key guys being injured or being placed on COVID, like, you know, it changes week to week what kind of guys you're going to have on your team. So that definitely hurts their performances. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Folks let, let me just say, folks, let me just say that we are currently watching that Arizona Coyotes and Colorado Avalanche game. Colorado is currently up 2-1. to one. <laughs> <laughs> just, had, just, had, just had to put that on there. Um, <laughs> fellas, who's, who, fellas, who's winning this game? Who's winning this game? Colorado. I'd have Col- to say Colorado. Uh, Colorado for sure. Arizona's not one of those teams that are necessarily great. You know, they could have a very good game, but at the same time, they could very well have a very mediocre game. And they're not exactly known for, you know, their style, their, not style of play, but winning ways. You know, they've kind of been one of those teams that's overlooked year in and year out. Would you say that they are a poverty franchise? At this point, yeah. I, th- I think I have mm-hmm. to. You know, there's mm-hmm. not a lot that's going on there. Uh, it's not one of those teams that players are really looking to go to. Yeah, Arizona's not really that big of a market in terms of no. in terms of sports, especially not especially not even hockey. In, if you're looking at teams that play in a desert climate, kind of, you're more looking towards Vegas, who's had a lot of success in the last few years, not necessarily Arizona. Yeah, Vegas Vegas is a big market. A lot of people go there. Everybody knows it. Right. You, It's it's just a place people want to play. And it helps that they're a winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Arizona hasn't exactly been a winning team in a, a few years you know they they put together you know they have a good a, a decent season I'd say each year you know they they, they get a, a decent amount of wins but not enough to put them in playoff contention usually you know they're one of those bottom teams that if they can get a win against a team that's huge but you're not really looking for them to make the playoffs right I agree um and Vegas Vegas became a winning culture Right away, right from their first season, they going started, to the sta- going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right, they started at the top, and they haven't fallen from that position. They've been at the top each year. 
they I think they still have yet to miss the playoffs and you know each year you're looking for them they could potentially you know each year they have the potential to win the president's trophy right. or at least finish top in their division mm-hmm. year in and year out they're just a solid franchise and you know they, they just keep building on that you know with the additions of Mark Stone and some other guys some big names from other teams you know they're a great team they're fun to watch and they win Eric Carlson's still there, right? No. He's not there anymore? I don't think Eric Carlson was ever there. That's William Carlson you're thinking of. Yeah, I, was, I, knew, I knew it was one Carlson. <laughs> Different Carlson. Yeah, no, Eric Carlson's with the Sharks. Right, right. Um, but let's, I wanted to talk about also Steven Stamkos. Um, how many years left do you think he's... Good years left, do you think he still has? Both of you, I want you both to answer this question. I think if he can stay healthy, I think he's got maybe, uh, I'd like to say five or six more years. If he can stay healthy, I think he, he's, a, he's a good enough player and a good enough leader that he can stay on that team and help them win each mm-hmm. year. You know, he's a great power play guy. He's got one hell of a shot. Kind of like Ovechkin, you know, he's on that he's on that uh, left side, oh, like the one-timer's lethal if he can put it on net. I think his biggest problem is when he lines up, he's more towards the goal line, whereas Ovechkin's more towards the top of the circle. If he can just move up a little bit, I think he'll score so many more goals just because of the angle he'll be giving himself to shoot at. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Joe? I mean, I agree with Perry. I mean, Sam Kios is, I mean, he's not exactly the youngest of players in the league. But he's in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. So I think he is. He still has five, six years, like Paris said. I mean, Perry and I were both watching the Tampa game last night. Stamkos is lying. He's with Kucherov. He's with Brandon Point. That line is absolutely filthy. Right. That's probably one of the best lines in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And if, I honestly think if Stamkos can just stay healthy, because he has had issues in the past, when he's not exactly the healthiest of players with injuries... He could still be one of the top players in the league mm-hmm. for the next four or five years. Since I mean, let's face it, Tampa's the best team in the league right now. Right. Mm. They're well, they're one. Of the best. They're one of the best. best I wouldn't say they're the best. They haven't been. They started off slow, this, but they're yes. going to be with injuries. With injuries, they started off slow, but they're starting to kind of get their rhythm again with players becoming healthy again. Right. And like, I mean, obviously, you can't ignore that Tampa's one less. One last year, one year before. I mean, people will say, oh, Tampa, they could just be that bubble team, though. They went out, won the cup again this year, this past year, at least 2021. So, I think Stamkos still has a lot of time left in him, as long as he can stay on the ice. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for him. Exactly. And one thing I've noticed, I know Stamkos has been in the league for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. In hockey, careers can you span a really long time. Yeah. Like, you look yeah. at Yaramir Yager... His career's been since the 80s. Well, He's been playing I, since the 80s. Well, I feel like Yager's a special case, he but I, I kind of get what you're saying. I get, yeah, it, careers can span a long time in hockey. And those careers can span a long time as long as those players stay healthy and can keep performing at the high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... Yager is a special case. Yeah. We'll definitely say that. 100%. That man was a machine. Definitely first ballot Hall of Famer when the time comes. No doubt. No doubt. No um, doubt. Now, also, let's talk, the, let's talk the great one. The one, even if you don't know hockey, you know about him, Wayne Gretzky. Uh-huh. You think anybody will catch 
his uh, his scoring record. His goals record, I think Ovechkin can catch it. As long as Ovi can keep producing, I think he only needs maybe like 30 goals a year for like the next five, maybe six years, and he can catch that goal record. He's had an unbelievable career with scoring, at least. Um, I know that this year especially he passed, um, he's got the all-time record for power play goals. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's kind of his thing. You know, he lines up on the left side, and you know that teams are going to... Or I, I don't understand, because every team knows that the Capitals' power play is mainly rooted through Ovechkin, you know? Right. He, he's going to get that pass. He's going to rip a one-timer. And I, I don't understand why teams don't just isolate Ovechkin and let the Capitals' power play run four-on-three with those other guys. Because I feel like teams would have a much better chance... At stopping them, if Ovechkin's just stuck, you know what I mean. Right. If he's if he's cut off, then they have to work on the whole right side of the ice and the top, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but teams don't do that, which I feel like would be a simple solution to that problem. However, you know they don't do that, and Ovechkin's easily gonna rip that one timer from the top which is very, very hard because he shoots a wicked slap shot every time. And it's insanely accurate. That's factual. What do you think, Joe? I mean, Ovi's has has, does have the highest goals in the league right now. Well, the highest, I said, the most goals in the league. Out of active players. But also, there's a player we can't ignore right now. I mean, he's still young. He's Connor McDavid. That's right. He plays for Edmonton. With the great one played. He is in his, what, fifth season in fifth, the league? Fifth or sixth, yeah. The man. He, the fastest skater in the league, and he, has st- he can handle the stick extremely well. I mean, you look at what he's been doing in Edmonton right now in the past five seasons, and you think, wow, this guy's special. Yeah. It's like Mike Trout in baseball right now. Right. right. And, and Edmonton's kind of building their team around McDavid because – they know that he's almost a once-in-a-generational talent. Right. You can't let that talent go to waste. No. no. So, you know, if they can build a strong core... I mean, they already have Dreisaitl. They've got uh, Nugent Hopkins. And they're starting to get other big names there. Uh, I think Edmonton's biggest problem right now is defense. If they can get some bigger-name defensemen or even promising prospects for defense, I think they'll win so many more games and they've got the chance to win trophies. You know? Because yeah. McDavid and Dreisaitl right now, they're insane. I think they lead the league in points, or they're top five in the league in points right now. And McDavid's showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. So if they can get a good defensive core there, there's I don't think there's anyone that can stop them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, hot take. I mean, this is, may come across a bit of bias, but going off Perry's discussion about Edmonton's defensive issues. Edmonton could make a trade to Semi and Vermalov. One the Irons have currently have two we don't have one set goaltender. We have Semi and Vermalov and Elias Sorokin. They split time. Sorokin's the younger of the two. Sorokin just came over from the KHL a few seasons ago, two seasons ago in fact. He has longevity and he has shown to be he can be the number one shot stopper for the Islanders right now. If we could figure out a way to make a trade with Edmonton to get Varmalov over to Edmonton, 
in order to make it more, not more profitable, but make it beneficial for both sides, I think Edmonton could go for a top goaltender since Romalov is good. He's not one of the best. I mean, when you look at goaltenders, immediately using Andre Vasilevsky, I mean, even Mark andre Fleury in the past, and as much as it pays me to say it, Carter Hart. Carter Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, two grass. Ah. Well, going off of that, the Edmonton has a decent... They have a, a fairly good goaltending situation. You know, they've got Mike Smith, and they also have uh, Miko Koskinen, who's a, a very... He's, he's a decent goaltender. I think if he gets a little bit more, um, you know, playing experience, I think that could bolster his... Statistics. I mean, right now, he's played 143 games, you know. He's got a... If he can get his goals against average down, then I think that the that Edmonton's got a very good chance, uh, of, along with the defensive core. If, they can, if he can get his goals against average down, I think they're set. You know, because he's got like a... He's got a .906 save percentage, which isn't bad. But, you know, it's not great in the NHL standards. But the problem with Edmonton right now is they don't have that defensive core, so their main game plan is to outscore the opponent. I mean, that's the game plan for most teams, but, like, they depend on it. You know, their defense isn't going to win them games. It's their offense. Exactly, exactly. Um, So let's talk Carter Hart for a little bit right here. Um, Obviously, he kind of struggled – Last season, um, he's kind of bouncing back this season, I would say. But most of the Flyers' success is going to uh, be on him. Yeah. Well, I I kind of blame last year on the, the whole sophomore slump thing. You know, yeah, it was his exactly. second year in the league. You know, um, you know, it's always tough that second year. Every Every goalie goes through that little slump, you know. I mean, he's kind of picked it up this year. I mean, with the help of Martin Jones. Martin Jones has had a very good year, I feel like, with the Flyers. Um, and when the Flyers had Brian Elliott as their backup, I feel like that was a good that's a good uh, veteran mentor for Carter Hart to kind of study and get tips off of, you know. So I feel like Carter Hart, it's only his third or fourth year on the Flyers. So I feel like he's got a lot of potential. As long as the Flyers don't waste that potential and bring in a guy that can mentor slash, you know, share those games mm-hmm. with Carter, like split them. You know, if they if they can get a solid goaltender to split those games with them and also kind of help them, men, like mentor, like maybe even a veteran guy. You know, like Brian Elliott was great. Carter Hart, or not Carter Hart, um, Martin Jones is also a very good guy. He's, you know, he's been to the Stanley Cup final. He, he's been around for a while, so he can share that, that experience with Carter Hart, which can help him with his career. No comment. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 that's <laughs> hard. I don't watch the Flyers that much. Um, no, that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to see. I, he's got a lot of potential, but we just need him to remain consistent. Yeah, it's just all about consistency. If he can, if he can stay out of his own head, and continue to play at a high level, I mean, obviously, but if he can continue growing and maturing and 
working on his game, then I think the Flyers have a solid, um, a solid goaltender for a, a good amount of years. Yeah, franchise goalie. Yeah. There's, which is something any team would die for, really. Yes, definitely. The goaltender is the heart of the team. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, sheesh. Um, damn. I mean, but just yeah. going with goaltenders, as Paris saying, the heart of the team. I mean, as much as we have two good goaltenders in Varmala and Sarepin on the Islanders, we don't have one guy that's established himself. Trotz mm-hmm. rotates the two goaltenders like there's no business. One game, like we played the Devils last night. Uh, Sarepin was in net last night. We played the Capitals tomorrow. I don't know who's going to be in net. And then we have two against the Flyers on Mondays and, Monday and Tuesday. I don't know who's going to be in net. Right. I don't think anyone knows who's going to be in net. I mean, you get an idea of the rotation. It's typically like, oh, Romalov will play two, get a rest. Sorokin plays two, Romalov plays two, and then Sorokin plays one, Romalov plays one. It doesn't give either goaltender a chance to get hot. Um, I know Trotz said in the past, oh, we're going to keep rotating the goaltenders until they get, one of them gets hot. Right. We're not giving them a chance to get hot. I mean, if you're letting them play two games each, you're not getting hot off two games. You need three, four, at least more, five, six games to get hot. And, I mean, I don't think there was a main problem in last week's playoffs. I think it was just poor decision-making on the offense. I mean, I can go on and on about how Matt Barzell doesn't shoot the damn puck. It frustrates me to know when Perry heard me scream about that last night. Well, if you think about it, if you have two goaltenders that can rotate and keep winning yeah. games, Which they have. That, that's ideal for most teams. You know, if you can have two dependable goalies, then you don't really have... I mean, obviously, the, the ideal situation is to have one goalie get hot, you know, so you don't really have to play the backup. But if you can have two backup goalies, or two, like a goalie tandem, if you can have two goalies that can win you games and you don't have to depend on one goalie over another then that, that's the ideal situation, you know? Because then you can just play your games, be like, oh, well, he's in net tonight, and you'd be like, okay, well, the, he's going to win us the game, or he could win us the game. You're not, like, holding your breath, like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Because, you know, going off that point, the more I think about it, the Islanders have been rotating goaltenders. They rotated them last season. And then the season before, and before that, we had that undisputable first-choice goaltender. Uh, we had Robin Leonard before he went to Vegas. And then when he left, it became Semi Romanov's job, and he did a decent job. And then we come into the bubble season, not the bubble season. Romanov was the bubble season. So Rogan comes in from the KHL starting last season, and we make it almost to the Cup Finals. So like we do have those two goaltenders that we can depend on right now. I mean, we that's the closest we've been to a Cup since the eighties. Mm-hmm. I can't complain about that. It was a matter of wrong. And right now, we're not looking like we're going to be that team again. <laughs> but well, I'd tell for that. Going off of what you said, you know, the Islanders had a few seasons where they make it at least second or third round of the playoffs. I mean, it's not, I, as a fan, it's not like, it's not what you're hoping for. But to make it that far into the playoffs is, is solid. You know, I can't, the Flyers haven't made it that far in a few years, you know, for the Islanders, they've done it, what, the last two, three years? Two years. Right? I mean, 
You can't go, ask for much more than that. No, you know? not at all. Playing Tampa last year in the Eastern Conference Finals was right, the first right. time I've seen the Islanders in the Conference Finals in my life. And that's what I'm saying. You guys have made it all the way to the Conference Finals, and you lost to the team that won the Stanley Cup. So ultimately, you lost to the best team in the NHL that season. You can't get mad at that. Yeah, that's not something to scoff at at all, really. No. I'm proud of the team that we have right now. I'm insanely proud of that team because, I mean, face it, this is a, the first, as Paris said, this is the first I've seen an team go. I mean, I've been on this earth since 2001. Mm-hmm. I have never seen an team go that far and have that much hope. And right. it was the greatest feeling. I mean, another thing that helped us, I feel, I said this to Perry, look, I've said it there numerous times, I don't think we make it as far as we did in the playoffs last year. And we don't didn't play our home games at Nassau Coliseum. Really? really? I'm convinced. Nassau Coliseum had that it had a lower roof than most NHL arenas, at least compared to Barclays Center, which kinda kept the atmosphere in. And Iron fans in big games, I mean if you go to like a regular season game against like the Coyotes or the Devils, it's not gonna be that loud. But like in playoff games, Iron fans turn up and it's loud and I feel that was our best advantage at home because our fans were into it and because the Coliseum it was almost like a, a mecca for Islander fans in right. a way because we call it, it's the old barn I mean obviously we're out of there now we have UBS Arena in Elmont which I've heard I've never been there yet it just opened which I've heard is almost like the Coliseum in terms of atmosphere because they kind of modeled the roof after the Coliseum but that the Coliseum as an Iron fan, and as someone that grew up on Long Island, between the Iron Games and the Billy Joel concerts that were there, that was a legendary place. Everyone talked about it in the Island. Right. If you're talking about legendary arenas, you're thinking, you know, the Coliseum, you're thinking Hobie, Hobie Baker, or not Hobie Baker, um, the the old Red Wings stadium. Oh. Palace at Auburn Hills? What? Was it, was it the Palace at Auburn Hills? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Yeah. That was the Pistons. Yeah, it's the Pistons. It's, um, I, don't, I don't know if the Red Wings played that. Um, Oh my god. Oh, I can't think of the name. Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> you gotta, just look it up real quick. Yeah. I gotta look this up, yeah. I mean, I need another legendary arena in New York, MSG. Right. Obviously, yeah. Uh, MSG is some place that it's a bucket list arena. No matter what sport you watch, no matter what team you like, it's legendary. Joe Lewis Arena. You think Joe Lewis Arena, that place is electric. You know, you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, all these old stadiums, like the Coliseum, um, what rink did you just say? MSG. MSG, uh, Joe Lewis. You know, those are all, like, legendary places if you're really right. thinking about. When you're thinking of hockey arenas, those are probably some of the main three that you're thinking of. You know? Mm-hmm. Just electric. Electric atmosphere. Exactly. Like, that's just in all sports in general. The arena actually plays a huge part. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. I mean, it helps us indoors and... The voices of the fans can just, like, echo throughout the arena. Right, right. Home ice and home court advantage in both the NBA and the NHL is huge. Yep. I mean, even in the NFL, you see it. It's huge. Baseball, mm, not so much. Right, every place has their own thing. Like, even if you think about football, you know, you got Seattle, you've got the 12th man, you know, because of how loud it is in there. In the Buccaneers place... You got a pirate ship. Right, exactly. <laughs> when you think pi- of these arenas, you, you got a, think of in Raymond James Stadium. You got you got a pirate ship, which I think is one of the coolest things. Ever. Oh, absolutely! Every every arena has their own special thing that makes it theirs. 
You know? Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is the Tesla coil down in Tampa. Absolutely. That's I mean, what, you that, sat in front of it. It's, it's so much fun. You know, it's... I'd love to say that it's electric, I mean, literally, but, you know, you know what I mean? No like, pun intended. It, it, no pun intended, oh, but, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, they, you know, you see that before every period or before the game or even every goal, you know, and it's just, it's a different atmosphere than what you're expecting, you know, every place kind of makes it their own, you know, if it's hockey, you got the goal horns, or if it's state, like NFL, you've got fans or certain things that like traditions that each stadium has, you know, like even if we're talking Detroit, Joe Lewis, you know, I don't don't know why, but I'm pretty sure they always threw an octopus on the ice. An octopus? (laughs) An octopus. Yes. Someone always brought in a dead octopus and would throw it on the ice every, every game. That's actually kind of tough. It is pretty cool if you think about it, you know? Every stadium has their own little tradition or thing that makes it unique. And for that, fans keep going just to experience that live. You know, Vegas, they've got all their their pregame things, their shows. Um, It's it's really one-of-a-kind atmosphere. Right, right. Madison Square Garden, dude, it's... It's just the mecca of all sports, it, really. It is. It, that is one of those places that I, at one point in my life, I want to go watch something there. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it's a hockey game, but you know, there's so many other events that happen there that I'd be fine with going and seeing any one. Dude, even with even at Madison Square Garden with Knicks games, you can see, you can see on TV like the atmosphere is just different from any other basketball game. Right. It. They have their. It's. It's just one of those places that it's everything that's there is appreciated or um, glorified I'd say right right. you know it's just one of those sports arenas that's been around almost forever and it's one of those buildings that's it's it's an experience unlike anything right what helps it too is this location yeah right on top it's right on top of Penn Station Right. And you come out of Penn Station, you look straight up, bam, right there, Madison Square Garden. You of all people would know. Oh, I would know. <laughs> coming out of Penn Station, coming from the island, going into the city, that's the easiest way to the city, taking the train. You just look and you're like, wow, I really live this close to one of the most legendary arenas in North America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If not the most legendary arena in North America. I mean, I've been in there, not for a hockey game or a Knicks game, I've been in there for other events. It's just something else. More legendary than Wells Fargo Center? (laughs) (laughs) The The Spectrum? Oh my gosh. I don't know, man. Uh, Tough take. (laughs) Hot take here, boys. It's definitely a hot take. The Spectrum was definitely something else. The Spectrum was one of a kind. I will tell you, that place was always fun to go to and go and watch a game. Mm -hmm. Or even an event. Fun fact, I was actually at one of the last Phillies games at Veterans Stadium. Really? Yes, yes. Wow. I was at one of the last Veterans Stadium games. That's awesome. I was at one of the, I was at, I think, at the last um, game at the Spectrum. Really? Back when the Phantoms used to play there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What year was that? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) It was a long time ago, I'll tell you that. That's right. (laughs) Dude, I remember the Philadelphia Phantoms, bro. Hey, yeah. They were the Philadelphia Phantoms back when they had Flex. 
the right. mascot, they had to get rid of him because um, it would scare the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I used to love Flex. Flex was the man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, now we got Gritty, and who doesn't love Gritty, right? I, I, I love Gritty, <laughs> Gritty's Gritty's the best. Can't hate on the man. In my opinion, he's the best mascot in NHL. Dude, Philly is just untouchable when it comes to mascots. I, I, it really is, you know? Who's Tell me who's topping Gritty and the Fanatic. Nobody. Nobody. The Fanatic's arguably the most famous mascot in North American sports. And I think now Gritty is, too. Yeah, exactly. Who's touching Gritty? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's going to touch Gritty. He's the man. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who a damn mascot is. I think it's like a shark. The Islanders? I think it's like a shark named Sparky or something like that. Right. Like gritty, yeah. it's gritty. It's gritty. I remember, I remember when gritty. they anna- I remember when the Flyers announced gritty. Everyone was like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> yeah. You know, there were so many memes about it, and now it's like, damn, it's gritty. It's, it's gritty. gritty. It's gritty. You know, like everybody knows gritty. There's no explanation needed. It's it's gritty. It's exactly like the fanatic. The fanatic's iconic too. It it, it yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the fanatic was one of the first mascots in baseball, so yes. Right. Obviously going to be right. And, and Gritty is definitely one of a kind. Dude, Gritty was even in a Family Guy episode. Like, <laughs> was he? Yes, he was. Oh, he was in a things. Family Guy episode. That's just the allure of Gritty, you know? It's, he's, he's special. Exactly. One of a kind. You just can't definitely, be, definitely. One of a kind. No, because nobody even knows what he is. No. Can't wait to see Gritty in a couple days. Oh my god. We get to see him on Tuesday. So happy for that. He even has his own fan club called the Gritty Committee. I would love, dude. Unreal. Well, that and, you know, they have the uh, they have a rage room now in the Wells Fargo Center. They have a rage room? Yeah, where they just have a bunch of stuff that you can break. <laughs> dude, that's <laughs> well, you have, well, you have to pay. I'm pretty sure you have to pay to use it. But yeah, like, what other stadiums do you know of that have a rage room? You know what I mean? Nothing I can think of. Right, that's what that I is mean. Unique, especially when your team takes a tough loss. Yeah, that right. is definitely that needed. Is, you know, you you let up yet another shorthanded goal, and you just go, "That's it." Uh, go that's the it. Just go in <laughs> the rage room. You know, pay my money, go in, smash some stuff up. Yeah, you feel good afterwards. It was a good time. But yeah. Joe, could you have used that room after Super Bowl Fifty One? We don't talk about that. <laughs> That's not right, the subject hang on, hang on. about Super Bowl. Let, let, yeah, no, let's hear this. Let's hear about Super Bowl. Okay, so as a Falcons, as a Falcons hit, so one of my friends back at home, he's a diehard Patriots fan. In fact, he's going up for the wild card game against Buffalo. He's leaving at six a.m. tomorrow morning from Long Island. They drive up to Buffalo to go watch the Patriots. So I'm sitting in my living room. It's halftime. Mm-hmm. I go on Twitter. I'm feeling good, obviously. We're up. I'm like, you're up, what, 28 to 3? <laughs> you're having a great time. You're like, we got this in the back. I believe. Let's, let's, hold, let's, let's hold for a second, then I'll let you get back to your story, Joe. I saw this, saw this one story. This one guy, he posted the score 28 to 3, and he says, easiest $500 I've ever made in my life. Oh, he bet the Falcons. I'm sure, I'm sure that was quickly deleted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that definitely, definitely was. Continue your story, Joe. So, like, I'm on Twitter. I'm just scrolling through, and I get the smart idea to tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the tweet right now. I can't. I would love to hear this tweet. I can't. The tweet is still up. 
Oh, oh, you didn't delete it? Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure it's still on my Twitter. No. Um, this I gotta hear. Actually, no, I did delete it, but I did remember what I said. I remember exactly what I said. I said, let's go, Falcons winning the Super Bowl, hashtag and brotherhood, hashtag rise up. And my friend Jake saw this at halftime, and apparently he tells me I'm the reason why he chucked his phone across the room and shut it off. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happened in Super Bowl 51. The Falcons choked, and everyone still made, everyone until 2021, when the Braves finally won the World Series, made the joke about Georgia teams in the playoffs. Since right. Joe, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think that will ever get lived down. Oh, no, it won't. No, it won't. It won't. Nobody that, will ever live that, that down. That will be immortal. That Just is the being, greatest. Being up by that much in the biggest game of the of year. The, of the season. Of the season, yeah. You don't see leads get blown like that. Unless you're in Atlanta fan. Unless you're in Atlanta fan. <laughs> I've seen the Falcons give up a 28-3 lead. I've seen the Braves give up a 3-1 lead in the 2020 NLCS. I've seen the Braves get... I've seen the Cardinals put 10 up on the Braves in the first inning in the when, playoffs. When you, when you say you saw them give up a 3-1 lead, do you... Oh. Sorry, oh. sorry. The, uh, the, the Arizona Coyotes just scored again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say you saw the, the Braves give up a 3-1 lead, do you mean in the series or in a game? In the series. Oh. We, oh in 2020, yeah, last year, in the NLCS, we took a 3-1 three, three lead. And in Game 7, Dancy Swanson hit a two-run homer. I was in our friend Trevor's apartment at the time watching the game. And I remember I shot up and I started screaming, let's go, we're winning this game. Well, needless to say, who ended our dreams? It it wasn't Bellinger, was it? It it was either either Cody Bellinger or Chris Taylor. Put the daggers through my heart. I'm sitting in bed watching the end of the game. And I'm like, this is how it ends. This is pain. And I, a year, <laughs> and a year, honestly, a year later, watching the Braves win the World Series, I didn't think that was happening, especially after yes, Alec Bohm didn't touch the plate. No, he I did not did. watch baseball did. for a good two months after he, that. He touched the plate. He watched every single game. I did not. I did not watch baseball after that for a good two months. There's no way, Joe. You were watching every game. I did not. I refused to watch baseball. He definitely did not touch the plate, but he did touch the plate. <laughs> he did. And so, so let me ask you this then: What do you think is going to happen with this baseball season? Um, You're a little off topic, but yeah, we'll a little, little off hockey. But the CBA, I mean, Players Association the league just met yesterday. Got absolutely nowhere, as we all. As thought. per usual. As per usual, because Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner. In professional sports right The now. dude is just actively trying to ruin the game of he baseball. Is. I mean... He's not even hiding it anymore. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't think we're starting baseball on time. We're definitely not. Spring pitchers and catchers report typically around the middle of February. If there's no CBA in agreement, spring training doesn't start. And with the pace that the Players Association and the league's going at, I don't think the season starts till May. So May. And a lot of a lot of big name guys like Correa, Chris Bryant, still haven't signed Freeman. anywhere yet. Free, yeah. Freeman's definitely gonna resign with Atlanta. I hope. I I can't see him going anywhere else. But I mean I can't, I can't see him either. 
I'm not even a baseball fan, but what he's done with Atlanta, he spent his whole career there, correct? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's contracted I, I by Atlanta. I just don't see him going anywhere else. He's not going to go anywhere else, I don't think. So the I only, think he'll sign maybe a two- or three-year deal to stay there. I don't retire. think it'll be two or three years. Well, I don't know. It's going to be five. Years. Freeman's in his early 30s. Oh, okay. He's it'll, like it'll be like five years. 31, 32. He right. want, he's explicit. He hasn't said it, but his representatives have said he wants six years. And if that's the only obstacle Atlanta has, we offered him five years, $135 million, I believe. Just give the man the six year. But do you think he can play for another six years? He plays first base, so yes. Okay. Yeah, they, first baseman don't really even move. First yeah, baseman okay. have long, like, I've seen first baseman play in their 40s. It's like Zidane Char in the Islanders. He's 44 right now. It's still well, playing. Zidane Char is a little bit different. He's a little different. He's still playing the National Hockey League. Has he done much for the Islanders? No, no, he hasn't. I think he took 10 penalty minutes in one game against Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> but the only good part is I still have, I mean, March Madness will be going on. Still have hockey. Playoff hockey will be going on. March I have Madness. something to sh- distract myself from the pain of not having baseball. Because baseball is the sport I watch the most. March Madness, a.k.a. the best sporting event of the year. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to make the bracket. Absolutely. Auburn, Duke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Duke's a casual second round. See, I it. always pick, like, the massive underdog. Like, I picked Texas Tech to go all the way that one year. Really? I did, believe it or not. I mean, I always do this with sports. I go, oh, well, who do I think is funny to win it all? And then I go, you know what, this team, and I just pick them. And it usually somehow works out. Are you the kind of guy that makes more than one bracket? No. I, I, only, one. I only make one. I make one, and I stick to it. And I, when I made that Texas Tech bracket and they went all the way to the final, I was like, well, no, what the heck? You know, I didn't expect this to go this far. I mean, it's like last year. I think you picked Illinois, right, last year? To win it all? I think me. I did not pick Illinois to win Because I know I did. I got our friend Hurley did. I had the Zags winning it all. You had, because... There was one, you know the player I'm talking about in Illinois. Yeah. They absolutely won mine, Hurley, and our friend Trevor's heart. Because we picked, the, we did our brackets together. We ate pizza over it. It was a great day. I think if I were to pick anybody to win this year, it'd probably be Villanova, just because one of the kids I went to high school with That's was on right. that team. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, I still um, remember Nova ruining my bracket back when they won the Natty. Dude, I could realistically pick UCLA to win it all this year. Like they're they're actual contenders this year. They are. I don't like follow college basketball that much, so I don't really know what team. So it makes it even more fun picking a bracket because I have no idea what team. (laughs) You don't don't know like who's. I don't know what's a good powerhouse or whatever. You know, I'd just be like, you know what, Texas Tech, screw it. I mean, it helps that you watch watch a lot of UCLA. I do watch. You are a UCLA fan. You said to me. In the past. Right. So, like, do you honestly feel that they can go all the way this year? I feel like they can. They Like, we, we, the roster that they had last year, most of the guys came back. Like, we only yeah. had, like, one guy graduating. But we still have, we still have Jaime Jaquez, um, and we still have, like, we have a good recruiting class in Paolo Banquero. You lost we, to the Zags, right, last year? Last year we lost to the Zags. No, yes, we did in the... The final four we lost on a buzzer beater. I was about to say, because... The Jalen Suggs buzzer beater. Oh, 
as much as he's controversial, I mean, I was watching today when I was eating my Chipotle. Trevor Bauer, I was just watching one of his vlogs because I was bored. And like, he went to UCLA. He was a pitcher for them, was Garrett Cole. And I remember him mentioning, shout out to my boys at UCLA for putting up a good game against the Zags. It's unfortunate the season had to end that way, but y'all put up a great fight. Honestly, because I remember watching UCLA last year. That was a good run for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so we our max recording time is 60 minutes. We're at 48 right now. I just want to wrap it up with one question. Going back to hockey, who's winning the cup this year? Perry, we'll start with you. No, start with Joe. Oh, All right, we'll God start with, dang it, keep in mind we have, Keep in mind we only have 12 minutes left. Oh, God. Are we each doing one? Yeah, each pick okay. one. Each pick one team. I mean, the easy way out is... I mean, Tampa's won the last two years. Tampa's not looking too bad again. I believe they're top of their division again. I'm going with Tampa again. As much as it sucks, let's say it for me, as an Ironman fan. And I was losing to Tampa the last two years, albeit they were the cup champions. I'm just going basic. Tampa's winning it again. I don't know what you got, but I'm just going basic. See, I would like to say Tampa, but I feel like they've had a... um... A rough, a rough season so far. You know, with people getting injured and with COVID uh, protocols. You know, I feel like they've had a lot of key players taken out of their lineup. Um, mm-hmm. As much as it pains me to say it, the Bruins are looking pretty scary. Oh, with, with that does. Adding, with adding Tuka Rask back, that's a solid team right there. Um, I just don't know if they have what it takes to go all the way. But as of right now, I'd probably say it's between Boston and Tampa. All right. Great choices. Well, boys, thanks for, thanks for coming on with me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of College of a Conversation. As always, I'm your host, Jason Phelan, presented by JP Sports. We'll see you next week.